Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in today. Hope that it's, uh, that it's going good. Not a whole lot. Well, let me back up for just a minute. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and uh, to tell others about it, I'm very grateful for that. Y'all continue to help the podcast to grow. It picks up different areas. Seems like every time I look at the different places the podcast is being downloaded and listened to, it's someplace new. And uh, and so thank y'all so much for that. Not a lot on the homestead. It's kind of chilly. Um, yeah, that's really about it. I mean, it's just kind of, it's going to be time to plant trees, some grapes, but probably not for another month or so. And we need some new chicks there. Uh, you live in a small farm, folks. It's kind of like living on a small, and we don't really have a farm by any means, but it's kind of like living in a small community. You uh, you notice all the little politics that go on between the different animals. Uh, it's quite entertaining. We have, well, I won't bore you all with that, but it's uh, it's very entertaining to watch the chickens and the roosters and the Turkeys and guineas and cats and dogs and then the wildlife thrown in for the mix. I hope y'all get a chance to sit and watch some of that and relax a little bit. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it and share it. with them and their families, guide them, bless them. Help us to take the stress out of this time of year and just to focus on you. Yeah, that's, that's, help us to not get wrapped up about presence or money or material things as we so often want to and really look to you guide our nation back to you and guide my words here Father please in your son's name we pray Amen so we're getting awful close uh, one or two more podcasts we're going to read through Uh, Christmas Eve message from President Truman his first one at the end of 1945 we've kind of worked our way this year through World War II and uh, I did that for a reason there's just a lot of parallels between then and today in our country and we talk about that often and we will continue to talk about it 
one brief comment, and it will be brief today because we talked about it quite a bit on one of the recent podcasts. Whatever you can do, folks, to get your own priorities in order, I can't urge you enough to do that sooner rather than later. And yeah, that's talking about stuff that's going on with the country, but it's also just talking about in our personal lives. If spending time with God each day is not part of your schedule, it needs to be. If focusing on your spouse, if you're married, as your you know, as your second priority each day. is not part of your schedule. It needs to be. And there was a young man talking to me past few days. And we get a chance to interact every so often. I was asking him what was going on with his family. And he made the comment that it was pretty good. It's pretty good. And I kind of sat there for a minute and he goes, well, got a lot of stress. And our pastor has talked about this before. And I've heard it from, there's a couple adults that I've talked to in the past few days that have also made that same comment about stress. And I don't know each of your situations. I'm not making light of your situation, whatever it is. I'm not saying it's simple to change your priorities or fix them. I'm just telling you, you need to start. And I'm not asking anything of you that I'm not asking of myself. And part of that de-stressification, if you'll allow me that non-English, non-appropriate word or non-real word, is getting our priorities in order. Because when you do the things that you know you really need to do each day and let the other things kind of go, if you get them done, great. And if you don't, that's fine too. I I guarantee you, you start to see your level of stress go down. I, I can't emphasize that enough. If you do the things, the really important things, And you make your goals, folks, manageable. If you're not spending any time in the Bible at all, don't start off and say, I'm going to spend three hours every day reading the Bible. It's not going to work. But if you start to change your priorities, really change them. And worry about the important things first you will notice your 
anxiety or stress or feelings of failure or whatever else emotionally that you're dealing with start to lower and you'll notice a sense of clarity, folks. Guarantee you, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It's not going to be some walk in the park. It doesn't mean bad things, hard things aren't going to happen. But there will be a sense of clarity when you get to the end of the day. So, anyway, December 24th, 1945. Address at lighting of the National Community Christmas Tree on the White House grounds. President Truman. Ladies and gentlemen, and listeners of the radio audience, this is the Christmas that a war-weary world has prayed for through long and awful years. With peace come joy and gladness. The gloom of the war years fades as once more we light the national community Christmas tree. We meet in the spirit of the first Christmas when the midnight choir sang the hymn of joy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let us not forget that the coming of the Savior brought a time of long peace to the Roman world. It is therefore fitting for us to remember that the spirit of Christmas is the spirit of peace, of love, of charity to all men. From the manger of Bethlehem came a new appeal to the minds and hearts of men. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. In love, which is the very essence of the message of the Prince of Peace, the world would find a solution for all its ills. I do not believe there is one problem in this country or in the world today which cannot be settled if approached through the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. The poet's dream, the lesson of priest and patriarch and the prophet's vision of a new heaven and a new earth, are all summed up in the message delivered in the Judean hills beside the Sea of Galilee. Would that the world would accept that message in this time of its greatest need. This is a solemn hour. In the stillness of the eve of the nativity, when the hopes of mankind hang on the peace that was offered to the world 19 centuries ago. It is but natural, while we survey our destiny, that we give thought also to our past, to some of the things which have gone into the making of our nation. You will remember that St. Paul, the Apostle of the Gentiles, and his companions suffered shipwreck, cast four anchors out of the stern, and wished for the day. Happily for us, whenever the American ship of state has been storm-tossed, we have always had an anchor to the windward. We are met on the south lawn of the White House. The setting is a reminder of St. Paul's four anchors. To one side is the massive pile of the Washington Monument, 
fit symbol of our first anchor. On the opposite end of Potomac Park is the memorial to another of the anchors, which we see when we look astern of the ship of state. Abraham Lincoln, who preserved the union that Washington wrought. Between them is the memorial to Thomas Jefferson, the anchor of democracy. On the other side of the White House in bronze rides Andrew Jackson, fourth of our anchors, the pedestal of his monument bearing his immortal words. Our federal union, it must be preserved. It is well in this solemn hour that we bow to Washington, Jefferson, Jackson, and Lincoln as we face our destiny with its hopes and fears, its burdens and its responsibilities. Out of the past, we shall gather wisdom and inspiration to chart our future course. With our enemies vanquished, we must gird ourselves for the work that lies ahead. Peace has its victories no less hard won than success at arms. We must not fail or falter. We must strive without ceasing to make real the prophecy of Isaiah. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. In this day, whether it be far or near, the kingdoms of this world shall become indeed the kingdom of God and he will reign forever and ever, Lord of lords and King of kings. With that message, I wish my countrymen a Merry Christmas and joyous days in the new year. Could you even imagine if we had a president give a speech like this today? Just the last paragraph alone. In this day, whether it be far or near, the kingdoms of this world shall become indeed the kingdom of God, and he will reign forever and ever, Lord of lords and King of kings. Can you even imagine? It's impossible, folks to truly celebrate Christmas without Jesus Christ. I've said that before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. And it's impossible to have America without Jesus Christ. At least not with liberty as a republic. We can turn it without God into Communist Russia, China, Socialist Nazi Germany. And we are. But you won't have liberty. And it'll be a tyranny worse than any that the world has ever seen. At least for a little while.
Let us not forget that the coming of the Savior brought a time of long peace to the Roman world. It is therefore fitting for us to remember that the spirit of Christmas is the spirit of peace, of love, of charity to all men. From the manger of Bethlehem came a new appeal to the minds and hearts of men. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. It's impossible to love someone and at the same time encourage them in doing wrong. You notice Jesus throughout his life. You hear people talk so often about how he hung out with sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors. And he did. What we don't hear so often is the fact that he never once bowed to that sin. He never once condoned that sin. He never once encouraged that sin. I'm reminded so often these days of the parable, not the parable, the story, when the religious leaders brought the woman caught in adultery to Christ. And we've talked about it often on the podcast. And you know, you know he loved that woman because he loves everyone. And he told her, I don't condemn you. But the part that we never talk about is go and sin no more. We can't be loving to our neighbors. We can't follow Jesus Christ when we continue to encourage either actively or passively, folks, the continuation of wrong. This paragraph I remember reading each year In love, which is the very essence of the message of the Prince of Peace, the world would find a solution for all its ills. I do not believe there is one problem in this country or in the world today which could not be settled if approached through the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. Would that the world would accept that message in this time of its greatest need. And then, while we survey our destiny, we give thought also to our past, to some of the things which have gone into the making of our nation. And he talks about St. Paul and his shipwreck. Our past, folks, is anchored in God and Jesus Christ. 
And until we put them back at the center of our nation and our individual lives, we're going to continue to be tossed about by the storm. We have no anchor today as a nation because we've, we've rejected God, who is our anchor. We've thrown him out. And you look at these, these men that he talked about, Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson even, and Jackson, right? Andrew Jackson, the Bible is the rock upon which this republic is founded. When you think about Christmas, folks, when you think about Jesus Christ, when you think about America, it better go back to being founded on Jesus Christ, just like Christmas. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again soon, folks. Looking forward to it.